Welcome to this special edition of Honest Conversations, a podcast that was envisioned to bring unedited thoughts inside the education system. This month, as our schools drew a curtain on a year that was absolutely wild, people in Austin were also wrapping up their latest adventure, the 87th legislative session. And because nothing in this world is normal anymore, they ended it with a bang. Sarah Landsman is here once again to tell us how the story ended. My name is Carmen Darville, known to my work peeps as CRD, and I'm your host, a wife, mom of two, and the chief of staff at Yes Prep Public Schools. Today I'm here with Sarah Landsman, a fellow teammate and our managing director of advocacy. You met her in the two previous episodes where we discussed the political challenges facing charters. We've now spent a whole session fighting for charters. Landsman, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me. All right, how did the story end? The short answer is that we we did really well as charters. It was a really tough session, but across the state, charters showed up loud, and it made a big difference. Okay, so before we get into the bill's pass, can you start with the end? There were national headlines about what went down at the Capitol. Like, give us a quick recap. Yeah, so throughout session, uh, thankfully it had nothing to do with education, but throughout session, Republicans were pushing Senate Bill 7, or SB 7, which was a voting bill. Um, It would have placed limits on polling hours, where polling places could be located, all sorts of things. There were provisions that empowered poll watchers, things to do with recalling elections. It, It was a lot. Republicans were calling it the Elections Integrity Bill. Democrats were calling it the Voter Suppression Bill. There was a lot of tension around this bill. Um, On the final night of session, bills have to be passed before midnight. As the late night debate was wearing on, Democrats trickled off of the floor and out of the Capitol building so that when it came time to bring up SB 7 for debate and and the final vote, there was not a quorum. And the speaker had to end the session right there. So there was never a vote on the bill. It died along with all of the the remaining bills on the calendar for the night because that was the last night to pass bills. It was it was a pretty dramatic move, but it appears to have worked. So we'll come back to that later in this episode. Uh, but to kick it off, I know there were some hot topics that they did get to in this session. Um, so I'm going to give you a topic of interest and you tell me what happened. All right. Sounds good. Funding. Funding went well. Um, this session, more than any other session, lawmakers had every excuse not to fund public education. And instead, they kept all the promises that they made in HB3. They funded all of the reforms. They funded enrollment growth going into the next biennium. And they just, they committed. We didn't even have to. We were prepared to go into the session and fight for our funding and say, please don't cut it. And that wasn't even a conversation that had to be had. And so even though we say we did really well as charters, it's just good for education. It's good for kids, uh, especially given the year that we've had and all of the concerns around learning loss. Absolutely. And whether you're happy or uh, upset about the other things that were passed this session, every Texan can be grateful to their state government for prioritizing public education this year. Definitely. Now, given the year that we had, this is the first time in my 15 plus years of education that we invested as much as we did in technology. And so there's been a lot of conversations about whether or not virtual learning will persist. Uh, How did that story end? 
So this was something we were watching closely for obvious reasons. The virtual learning bill was debated all throughout session up into the last day, and it was one of the bills. Whenever the walkout happened, this is one of the bills that died. So that means that going into next school year, technically public schools don't have the legal cover to continue their virtual education programs. They didn't really during the pandemic. It was some regulatory gymnastics that TEA used to make that still legal. Um, They could still do that. We'll see what, what happens, but the bill did not pass. Interesting, especially given the amount of work that went into people starting to build virtual infrastructure. I do know that if a virtual school existed previously, um, it can continue to exist into future years. We're talking pre-pandemic, it existed. Right. I think it's any virtual school before 2013. Got it. Yeah. And I've talked to a couple of system leaders who, before COVID, wanted a virtual option, and it died on the clock as well. So... House Bill 3, this is like the bill I love to hate a little bit. Uh, I love House Bill 3 because of what it did for teachers. Um, I hated House Bill 3 because everything plus a kitchen sink was in here. Um, So can you tell us what happened uh, with House Bill 3? Yeah, you're absolutely right about uh, a bill that touches a a lot of areas of the code, like House Bill 3, sometimes we call it a Christmas tree, which means that lawmakers can just tag anything they want onto it. So it it was a big bill. And because of that, there were a lot of unintended consequences. So they passed another bill this session that sort of wrapped up all those pieces that they didn't account for, things that they didn't realize were going to happen. But since the bill was open, cleaning up all those little unintended consequences, they were able to slide in some pretty cool stuff. One, the most impactful piece for us is going to be the changes that were made to the teacher incentive allotment, which is an exciting program that we use to reward our teachers. Because of the changes that were made this session, we'll now be able to offer TIA to our uncertified teachers. And um, maybe even more excitingly, those funds that for TIA can now be factored into teacher retirement. Um, So your TIA funds that you receive now will multiply into your retirement. Awesome. Okay. Now, another group that I am really interested in our graduating seniors, our seniors this past year, I think our heart goes out to all of our seniors who spent their senior year, such an iconic year in your educational journey in a pandemic. Uh, and so I know it impacted access to coursework, exams that they took, even things that we really care about, like prom and graduation and senior signing day and all those things. Can you tell us about the impact to graduation committees and impact on students? Yeah, so unfortunately, lawmakers couldn't do anything for prom, but they did do something for graduation committees. So previously, if you fail up to two end of course exams, you could go through what's called an individual graduation committee that looks at the body of your work and says whether or not you can graduate. Because of everything that happened with the pandemic, now uh, with the passage of HB 999, the seniors who fail all of their end of course exams can go before the committee. So it doesn't mean that they'll automatically be able to graduate, but they will have people who get to look at their body of work and say, you can graduate, you probably failed just because of the pandemic and everything that was going on. Got it. So given the timing of the session, was it able to be applied to seniors who were graduating as class of 2021? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Phew. (laughs) Okay. And what about access to statewide grants? 
given where we were with other funding wins. Yeah, th- this was a huge win for charters, I'll say. Um, what we talked about so far has just been public education as a whole, including charters. But there were some statewide grants that charters weren't eligible for. Um, and with the passage of a, a one particular bill, they'll have access to those funds now, as public schools should. Fair. Makes sense. <laughs> um, property taxes. What's up with those? Yeah. This is a big one for charters. Um, Basically, there was a bill, this bill has been proposed across six sessions. So Texas only meets every other year. That's 12 years been trying to push this through. Charter schools who are paid by, paid with state fundings, because they're public school, were having to use some of that state allocated funds to pay their local property taxes. So it was tax dollars to pay a tax. It just, it it didn't make any sense. And there was an estimated about $12 million a year being spent this way. Um, So the bill that passed this session allows charters to have that same exemption that ISDs and even private schools have, that they don't have to, that they're exempt from those taxes. So that's a big chunk of money that now gets to go back to where it will be best utilized, which is back in the classroom. All right. Now, you know how much I love sports, and we all know that defense wins games. What role did defense play in this session? I'm probably most proud of the defensive work that our charter school coalition did this session. When we started off and I was tracking bills, there were things in there that would have limited charter growth, prevented new charters from starting, said that uh, just endless amount of red tape bills, uh, and our charter community showed up really loud. A, a huge thank you to all of the parents, students, teachers, board members, community stakeholders that uh, showed up, sent emails, sent letters, made phone calls when it, when these bills would come before our lawmakers. Um, we can say that specifically there's, there's some red tape that every public school is going to have to deal with. That might be a headache. But there were no anti-charter bills passed this session. And that's not true of what was filed. That means that a lot was blocked, and we're, we're very grateful to, for lawmakers that, that helped us do that. So you kind of talked about it as if it's over, though. I mean, <laughs> that, that's not what I hear. Um, it sounds like we're in for an encore. Can you tell us what happens next? Oh, we are in for an encore, and this might be the situation where the lights stay down, everyone claps, and we have two encores. <laughs> um, so basically... Because of the walkout around the voter suppression bill, the governor immediately announced his intention to call a special session to bring the bill back up. We were already going to have a special session in the fall to do redistricting. That was something that was established even before session began. So now we're now we're facing potentially two. And when you call a special session, the only one who has authority over what's covered is the governor himself. He sets the agenda. And if they don't do what he asks them to do, pass the bill that he asks them to pass, he can just call them right back again. This summer, we'll see a special on the, the voting bill, a bail bill. That was a priority of the governors that died. We could possibly see the virtual education bill be put back on the agenda since it died the way that it did. But but yeah, you are right to say we're not done. So 
Interestingly enough, it, it's kind of the 2021 way that each time you think you've kind of crossed the bridge, uh, it's not so. So for special session, we'll kind of treat it like our summer reading list. <laughs> we'll have a Cliff Notes version available for our listeners as things progress this summer related to legislative session and what happens next. Uh, are there any additional thoughts that you want to share ahead of us going into special session? I would just say keep an eye keep an eye out. The biggest thing that we have learned this session is that when we make our voices heard, lawmakers respond. When they heard from, I'm thinking in particular of one email that uh, one of our teachers sent holding a lawmaker accountable who said something about charters that was pretty unfavorable. And she CC'd me on the email and it was so beautifully written and so passionate. And that email was one of many that a lot of our teachers and families sent to this particular lawmaker to say, hey, we're here and you need to hear us. You represent us too. Uh, And that lawmaker switched his vote on some charter bills later in the session. So my final thought is to stay engaged, you know, keep uh, keep an eye on your inbox as we send out updates. And when you see stuff that impacts your community, your schools and our kiddos, um, make your voice heard. So to be continued once again, uh, this has been another episode of Honest Conversations.